For those who prefer Linux or are simply curious about Linux and other open source technologies, this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to episode number 272 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday, the 4th of December, 2012. And we still don't have hockey. I mean, hey, it's great to be here. <laughs> we won't have <laughs> hockey this year, man. Uh, oh, that's going to be disappointing for you. Indeed. How are you doing, man? I've been watching reruns of old Leaf games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and pretending like you're surprised that they yes, lost. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> How are you, Robbie? I'm doing well. All yeah. right. Yeah. What's new? I'm I'm here. I yeah. have lots of time to spare. We had a good 30 seconds after the sound check. I don't know what the <laughs> chat room's getting all fancy about. <laughs> I'm here, aren't I? He's here. Right. Hey, chat room, by the way. Nice to see you. Tweet that we're on. Yacht is out there saying hello. <laughs> or Jod, as you like to call him. I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, Albert R. is uh, joining us from <laughs> Iceland. Nice to see you. You know, before we get too far... I noticed The last time I was here was day two of trying to grow a mustache. Yeah. And uh, now we're... we're uh, Movember is pretty much over, so... Yeah. I think there's still time to, to make a donation. To and, hey, a great big thanks to the folks who uh, made a donation on my behalf to... Uh, you know, raise awareness for men's mental health and prostate uh, health. So, thanks. I may just make this go away soon, but uh, we'll see. I, I like the clean, the clean shave. It, it looks good on you. Yeah, it shows up my hockey stick scar there really you go. nicely. It makes me look like a tough guy. Yeah. Like a really, really He-Man kind of. <laughs> is that what it does? Yeah, that's what it is. I was thinking, I was thinking uh, Flanders. You thought, you thought it was a shaving injury, <laughs> didn't you? Flanders. Mm. Hopefully Hiddly doodle. Hiddly ho, Eric. <laughs> hey, what's coming up in the news, man? <sighs> well, let me tell you what's coming up in the news. Researchers in the U.S. have developed a new type of light bulb. Whoa. We already have a new type of light bulb. They keep on bringing out Superheating more. a memory chip to 800 degrees can extend its life exponentially. Okay. And 3D <laughs> printers might make for a lighter trip to the moon. Soon, your smartphone... Smartphone... <laughs> <laughs> might know how you feel. Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the, in the show. <laughs> I'm looking forward to some of these stories you've got coming up tonight. I am going to extemporize. You know, you don't know what you're getting here tonight, Robbie. Don't I'm, even know. Gonna... Don't even know. Folks, we've yes. got a great show for you, though. Uh, we're going to be doing something really kind of kind of fun if, from a geek perspective. So if, if, you're, if you would consider yourself a little bit of a geek, a Linux uh, fan, then tonight is definitely for you. And even if you don't, we're going to learn some some neat stuff tonight because we're, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be creating the ultimate method of backing up on Linux. I can back up on this chair. Sorry. Backing up, backing up, backing up, back. From a non-geek Shmoyo. perspective, oh, oh. there's something really cool happening. I smell cookies baking. I know. Are they coming down? This is the Christmas season. Are they coming down to the studio soon or what? <laughs> That'd be all right, <laughs> eh? Delivered and don't everything. Don't tell Rachel if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, tonight, definitely stick around. Uh, also, we've got your viewer questions. You can send those in live at category5.tv or right there in the chat room. And greetings to everybody who's joining us tonight. And of course, uh, if you're not in the chat room, you can get there through our website, category5.tv. Um, if you click on interact, you'll see the chat room right there. Um, somebody had mentioned in the chat room, I was looking over the chat logs that they're like, oh, I wish I could get this chat up full screen. 
And that's how you do it. Go to our website. So if you're on live.cat5.tv and you're stuck in this little window built into the browser, uh, you know, if you've got a smaller screen, that can be problematic. How so, do you put that up on the screen, Rob? Oh, well, that would cause some video feedback. <laughs> but I'll, I'll show you another thing for, for the viewer who was, who was having that trouble. There is something really cool on live.cat5.tv other than our Us? faces. Live.cat5.tv other than... I'll mute that. <laughs> Let's just watch for a moment, shall we? Who is that handsome mustachioed dude there? <laughs> okay. Show chat. See, this is what they're saying is that, well, i got to scroll down in order to see the chat room. But watch this. There is an open all button at the bottom there. If you click on open all, you're actually going to get a bunch of pop-ups. This is awesome. So right there, you get... The live feed you get backstage pass which is loading there <laughs> and it's a commercial and at this point my video card probably just says i don't want to play anymore <laughs> <laughs> but then what you can do as i say is go to our website category5.tv and click on interact and then bring up the chat room separately and the reason that i want to show you this is because you can get it up full screen so i've clicked on interact chat room and then there are two options and one of them is load the web-based chat room and look at that now you can make it all you want move it around it the screen. Out, kids yeah and then you can have those other windows open from <coughs> live.cat oh we need an audio recapture again someday yeah those are so fun <laughs> those are so much fun <laughs> <laughs> just type the words as you hear them smack your Shmack fingers on the keyboard <laughs> okay yeah been there, done that. Hey, if you are using a mobile phone uh, or you want to be able to watch the show on your tablet, computer, I guess they call them these days, your iPad, your Android tablet, whatever you're using, check out m.cat5.tv. And uh, by visiting that special website, you'll be able to catch the show. Um, if your device is compatible, you can actually watch live on that device. Yeah. We've, seen, uh, we've had some pictures sent in by viewers who are sitting there with their tablet on the dashboard of their card because they're over, you know, the, the Wi-Fi or... Or uh, they've got yeah. high-speed internet on their tablet through their cell phone provider. I drove by Georgian College today, and I see they're offering a course in mobile app development. Hey. Sounds cool. That's good. Yeah. Very good. So there. <laughs> and uh, well, let's see. Uh, Yacht is telling guests, if you want to change your nick, you can change your nickname by typing slash nick, and then new nickname where your new nickname is Flanders or something. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, and somebody's telling us C is for cookie. Okay, I'm going to stay <laughs> out of the chat room for a minute. Hey, listen, I'd love to receive your postcards this week. Send them into us. Category 5, Technology TV, Postal Box, 29009, Barrie, Ontario, Canada, L4N7W7. We love to receive your postcards. Eric, this is the first time you've seen the postcard wall. That's uh, it's kind of cool how we've got everything up there. And Check that out. Yeah. And uh, those who are watching B-roll or if you're watching backstage, you'll be able to see that uh, isn't that cool. Hey, there's a there's a newspaper clipping of us up in yeah Halliburton. when we were up in Halliburton uh, doing the show from uh, Silver Beach Developments. Uh, newspaper did a, an article on it, and there we are. So all right, loads of fun. Okay, we've got to take a really quick break. We're going to be taking a look at, at an amazing uh, uh, way to back up your stuff on Linux, and I, I really mean that. It's going to is just, it a way cool way? <laughs> it's way cool. It's way. going to blow your mind if you ever have trouble backing up stuff because it's say in use or something, and you know you you just long for that volume shadow copy that you had on Windows. Stick around because we're going to be learning how to do something similar on Linux. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with that after this quick break, and uh, Eric Stash as well. At EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon-neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I am the co-host this week, or gang, or whatever you want to call me. Call him Eric. Eric Kidd. Eric. Yes. Uh, so we've actually changed the format uh, over the past several weeks, and, and uh, it's been... 
uh, about a month since you've been here. But uh, uh, so we actually are going to in November. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah, hard to believe. Hey, uh, mobro.co slash Eric Kidd. If you, there's still time to donate. And thanks. To so the they're folks still who accepting did. donations. Apparently as well. so. Well, that's cool. Yeah, very good. So, so and you'll find out more there. Sorry, too. I interrupted you. I was just telling you that uh, we're going to do the viewer questions at the end of the show. It gives time to, uh, for people to send in their questions uh, in the chat room, uh, especially through email live at category five TV. Uh, in the meantime, you know, you didn't give me all that info in the thirty seconds I was here before the show started. <laughs> Sorry, that was dedicated to sound check. Yeah. <laughs> But we sound great. We have no idea what's coming up next, but it sounds Looking good. Looking good. Listen to that deep voice. My name? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, so, Robbie, tell us what we are doing. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> if you've ever run, I mean, do you use I've run, machines? but I don't really have a runner's oh, body. Oh, the sarcasm. Oh, I'll stop. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. Do you run virtual machines at all? Yeah. Yeah, I, I use them a lot. I mean, my system is essentially Linux as a host. I've got Windows as a guest, and I've got many, many virtual machines that are different variations of Linux, and, uh, and typically that's, that's how I work. I got, I've got two monitors on my desk at all times, and one screen is dedicated to Windows, one screen is dedicated to Linux, and that Windows system is basically you know, the things that I absolutely have to have Windows for, yeah. which is you know, Photoshop, uh, there's a program that I use for communication. There's uh, gambling websites. All those things you know, that I would rather be doing through Windows because you know, <laughs> <Sorry>. viruses, <laughs> what me worry? Um, but uh, that virtualization has become a real uh, kind of a, it's at the forefront of every computer user that that knows how to use it. Actually, you helped me set up LampStack on a virtual machine. Definitely. And how great is that? That you can it take a physical great. server and break it into little individual virtual machines, and now you've got multiple servers running on one physical server. Right. So that said, in a business environment, you tend to have you know a server, a physical server, and a whole bunch of virtual machines running. And the problem that we run into in in business and through you know IT administration is that what happens when you want to back them up? Hmm. Right. Usually, what ends up is happening? This a segue? <laughs> <laughs> Did you sense that? No. Usually, what happens? No. This is a, a discussion. So you know, okay. I appreciate your feedback. <laughs> what what we usually end up having to do is is suspending the virtual machine. So that it goes into a sleeping right. state, so that it's in a hibernated state, and everything is within the 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 VDI file, and and it's in a safe state that now I can back up that file, and then reinitialize the virtual machine. The problem with that is it means downtime. Right. So the 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 guest operating system basically needs to be put into a sleeping state. It's no longer operational. It gets backed up by the host, and then it comes back to a waking state. So. That's great, and it works for for backing up your virtual machines, but it does mean downtime in a production environment. Right. Unless it's, you know, if it's your domain controller, your DHCP server, something internal that nobody's at work at 2 o'clock in the morning. And if they are, they need to have everything shut down anyways and be told to go home. But if you're in that case, it's a little bit of a different scenario. But if it's a production server that's publicly accessible, say a web server, right, something along those lines where people... In our case, yeah, I could do maintenance on my server at 3 o'clock in the morning, but where does that leave people that are in different time zones? Because right. it's a global medium, right? So tonight we're going to learn to actually back up a virtual machine on the fly while it is live from the host. So we're not talking about backing up from within the guest. We're going to back up the entire virtual hard drive, meaning that you can take that and portably, you know, you, you're, you have a fire or your server explodes. You can take that virtual file, that virtual hard drive, throw it on a laptop, install VirtualBox, and you're back up and running from the laptop as you wait for your new server to arrive. Sweet deal. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that, and why are we doing this tonight? Well, it's, it's kind of a use case. It's just to demonstrate how this can be done, how this can be used as an example. But what we're actually doing is we're creating something that's very, very similar to a volume shadow copy uh, on Windows, which is to say you're able to create on-the-fly snapshots of your entire operating system, files within your operating system, and you're able to back those up, you're able to move them around, copy them around, and it doesn't affect the running operating system. And similarly, you're not going to have any sharing violations. So if a file is open in a program, such as a virtual hard drive in VirtualBox, you're still going to be able to copy that file without any problems. So, 
How are they getting around it? Well, we're going we're gonna to go step by okay. step through this. It's a program called Hot Copy, and it's available for free to you as a Linux user. And I, I'd encourage you to check out some of the other uh, software that's available on their website. But I've created a hot link for you just to get you there. It's cat5.tv slash hot copy. Let's bring that up. cat5.tv slash hot copy. And when we get there, you'll see it just takes you to the website, tells you a little bit about it. Read over stuff. It's awesome reading through the FAQ, how it works. And then, of course, download now. Takes you to a simple form that allows you to uh, register your download, and it's going to send you an email link. So you do need to use a legitimate email, um, and uh, that will give you access to this application called Hot Copy. So once we've downloaded that, we're going to get a zip file. Here we are. Idearhotcopy.zip. I'm going to double click on that, and you'll see that there are many different uh, files in that. So we'll actually go through the process, I think, tonight of installing, setting up, and using Hotcopy uh, to create this backup, which is just going to be wonderful. I mean, if you're in an environment where you just can't shut down in order to run your backups, this is definitely, definitely a cool thing. So basically what we're going to do bring back up that that folder where my downloads are and in that zip file like i say there's rpm packages there's deb packages there are tar.gz uh source packages so that if you, if it's not debian or or red hat you're able to uh to do it i am on a 64 bit debian based system using zorin os so i'm extracting that particular deb file so I can right-click on that and open that with, uh, like, a GW Package Manager if I want to just install it that way. All the dependencies should be met. You should be all right to do that. Uh, because it's been requested, we're actually going to do this through the terminal tonight, and it is a terminal application, so we might as well do it that way to really teach you how it's done. So I'm going to go into where I've extracted that file. There it is there, the deb package. And I'm going to use dpkg-i for install, and then the IDERA hot copy. AMD 64 because I'm 64-bit. I386 is if you're 32-bit on your host. And this is simply going to install that from the deb package that I've downloaded, which they emailed me when I filled in the form. So now the command is hcp, and we can write dash dash help to get the information here on how to use it. We could use, you know, we could create mount points and things like that, or we can just let it go its, its default way and uh, create its own mount point. So what I'm actually going to do is uh, look at what hard drive uh, my operating system is running on. You can see that slash is dev slash sda1. So I know that, uh, that that is actually my physical hard drive. So I'm going to try mounting that. Before I do that, it's probably going to require that I uh, do some setup, but let's try it. So the kernel driver uh, hasn't been loaded yet, so we'll do that. Pseudo uh, it just follow the prompt, user sbin hcp dash setup, and then I do dash dash help, just to show you that the command that we want to use is get module. That's going to retrieve the kernel module for your running system, and it's going to compile everything for you so that this is going to work nice and easy. So the command to set this up, we only have to do this once, is sudo for super user do, user sbin hcp dash setup dash dash get module. So now it's going to go through that whole process of getting the module package, compiling it for your kernel. There it goes. So essentially, what we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to create a, a live snapshot. And to realize what that actually means in, in reality is to say that you are able to copy anything from your hard drive without any kind of sharing violations, without any kind of problems. And things can still be happening on your system, and yet it doesn't affect that copy process. So if things are changing on your system, you're still able to copy that file. So if it's a big file and that file all of a sudden has changed during the copy process, it doesn't break that copy. So you're still good. So it's building my module. But you won't have a current copy of that particular file. It's current up until that moment. 
So consider okay. that you would be running this before you run your backup, run your backup, and then stop this HCP. But yeah, you're, you're right. What, what we'll actually be doing is we'll be creating a snapshot of our entire hard drive, and that is what we're going to backup from. And if I'm unclear at all, I mean, chat room, let us know. Eric, let me know. But yeah, you'd be, you'd be creating a backup from your snapshot, which is what is it's powerful and amazing because you're able to create a backup of running a running system. Let's give you another scenario. Let's say, uh, as this is building here on my screen, let's just say I create a snapshot and I want to... Uh, mess around with some software that might potentially break my system. So I can ch root into that snapshot, run my operating, because it's read and write, this snapshot. And my hot copy, I can actually ch root into, and I can be running my full operating system within the hot copy, and then break it, and then exit the ch rooted environment. If you understand what that means, that means that you will not have broken your actual operating system. It's still going to be operational. There we go. That looks good. Everything's ready to go. So I, I want to actually demonstrate. I'm going to demonstrate a couple of things just to mm -hmm. show you what what I mean by all um, this. Some of the folks in the chat room were just talking about they've gone to category5.tv slash. You've got to just go to the cat5.tv slash hot copy. That's right. Yeah. Category5.tv yeah, is our website. Don't spell the whole URL out. It's just the short. Category5.tv is our website. Cat5.tv is our short link. Right. Cat5.tv slash hot copy. Okay? Make sure you're, you're mindful of that. If you go to category5.tv, you're actually, that's our website. That's unrelated to our redirector. And it'll look like it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, try, I'll try mounting this now. Now you saw that I had tried to do it before I did the uh, kernel configuration. So let's do sudo hcp dev sda1. There we go. How instantaneous was that? Now, what's interesting about this, I want to just show you real quick, system administration, system monitor. And look at my file systems. I've got SDA1, and now I've got dev HCP1. And you'll see that those are identical. See the first item and the last item. is They're absolutely identical as far as my system is concerned. So my system sees that as another hard drive. So make note of where it's mounted. There's the directory, slash var, slash hot copy, slash sda1, hcp1. So let's go into that folder. Let's. Let's. Shall we? It'll be fun. Okay. Var, hot copy, sda1, hcp1. Now, the permissions here are going to be all the same as my, my main computer, my main hard drive. So this, see, I'm, I'm looking at the hot copy, okay? So that my ls is showing me the hot copy. Now, if I do an ls slash, I'm looking at my actual live active hard drive. So my hot copy is a snapshot that was created just moments ago when I ran that command to mount it. So now if I go sudo touch test.txt and do an ls, you'll see that it exists in my hot copy, but do an ls slash and it does not exist. So now the two systems do not match. But you can see that I can make changes to either system without affecting the other. If I go sudo touch slash test2.txt. Now if I do an ls on my hot copy, there's test.txt. If I do an ls slash, you see test2.txt. So now that I've created my snapshot, my hot copy, I have two virtually independent file systems, but they are identical up until the moment that I ran hot copy. HCP space slash dev slash sda1. Remember I typed mount to find out what my hard drive was. Mount. These are all the different things that are mounted on my system, and I can see the slash. That's my, you know, the home, the root of my hard drive, and that is dev slash sda1. You can back up. You can do a hot copy of any of your devices. Okay, so that is essentially where that leaves us there. Now, here's the thing. We're gonna we're gonna actually boot up a virtual machine because I said that we would do this. Nice. So I'm gonna because it wasn't running. I'm gonna unmount my hot copy. So I'm gonna go sudo hcp remember where this was located it's uh, dash r for remove and we're going to go slash dev slash hcp1 we're going to unmount that hot copy
Okay. Looks like it there. Okay. It was, it's busy at the moment. No big deal. Oh, because I'm in the folder. Ha ha. There we go. Let's try again. There. I was in the folder. <laughs> Watch this. We're going to go uh, into applications, system tools, Oracle VM virtual box. And again, Eric, I'm, I'm, I'm using this as the example the virtual machine kind of scenario because I think it's a really good example of something that's hard to back up on the fly. Uh, Hot Copy does it very, very well. Is Hot Copy a backup software? No, it's not, but it supplements your backup software. So if you're already using backup software to back up your Linux system, let's say it's backing up slash home, which is your home folder and everything recursively under that, then you would run Hot Copy first and then instead of backing up your home folder, back up your Hot Copy slash home folder. So the var slash hot copy slash sda1 underscore hda1 slash home. And that will be an exact duplicate of your home folder, but you'll get a better copy off of that. Okay. Right? No corruption or anything like that if the files change during the process. So on my computer, I've created a real quick Windows XP virtual machine just because I, I wanted something that was going to be lightweight but still demonstrate this uh, well for you. And what I mean by lightweight is the, the system is 2.7 gigs. That's my hard drive. So that is my actual virtual hard drive for this running virtual machine. So what we're going to do is within this virtual machine now, there it is. Welcome to Windows. Does anyone miss that? <laughs> we'll go properties. Miss that. I'm still running it. Oh, sorry. <coughs> Okay, let's change our desktop background. Oh, do you miss that? Not at all. All right, let's pretend we want it to look like that. And let's create a new text file. And note, I'm not going to shut down this machine. This is a test file. And within that, we're going to say, hello, Eric. Eric, give me something to say just so that people know that we're doing this live and it's chat room. Tell us something hey, you want us to put in the What would you like? No need to use only one. No, me too. You're, hey, good guy likes Windows and Linux. Good guy likes Windows and Linux. Yeah. Red alert. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there we go. All right, so I've, I've done that. There's our file in Windows in a running virtual machine. This is Windows XP, okay? So now with that running, I'm going to create my hot copy. Sudo. But we'll do it again. sudo hcp uh, slash dev slash sda1 because that is my hard drive. Starting the hot copy. And it is done. It is mounted in read-write mode. It's good to go. So now, let's navigate to that folder. I'm going to copy it from my, my window here. And we're going to go control L. And we're going to go there. Looks just like my hard drive. Go into my home folder. Demo is the name of my user, desktop, 271, oh, no, pardon me, 272 is today's show, and there is that file that I showed you on my desktop, okay? But this is not the actual file, this is the hot copy, okay? So now I'm going to right-click on it and copy, and now let's go to my desktop and into that folder, and let's create a new folder called Backup. Now, this is bad practice. I wouldn't ever back up to my desktop, like to the same hard drive that the source is from. But I'm just demonstrating this in a quick way. Um, I would, you know, you could back this up to whatever backup device you're using. You could back up your hot copy to a, an off-site backup. Um, you could back it up to the server, whatever you want to do. But in this particular instance, I'm just demonstrating it, so I'm going to back it up to a folder called Backup. And that's really just so that you can see that that file is different from the actual running virtual machine hard drive. I'm creating a copy. Okay. Any questions so far in the chat room? That's so many questions. Just uh, All folks, right. Uh, so stick around, folks. We're going to be uh, we're going to actually finish that off, and we're going to boot up that virtual machine. This is just copying over. It's 2.7 gigs. Not going to take very long to copy over at all. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to take a look at the news, and uh, after the news, Eric, we're going to we're going to come back with. Uh, with booting up that virtual machine for the very first time from our hot copy backup. Well, all right. Well, here are the top stories from the Category 5.TV newsroom. U.S. researchers say they have developed a new type of lichen that could replace fluorescent bulbs. The new source is made from layers of plastic and is said to be more efficient while producing better quality of flicker-free light. 
The inventor of the device is David Carroll, a professor of physics at Wake Forest University in North Carolina. He says, what we've found is a way of creating light rather than heat. Our devices contain no mercury, they contain no caustic chemicals, and they don't break as they are not made of glass. Professor Carroll says his new bulb is cheap to make and he has a corporate partner interested in manufacturing the device. He believes the first production runs will take place in 2013. Cool. Flash memory is widely used in computers and electronic gadgets because it is fast and remembers data written to it even when unpowered. However, flash memory reliability suffers significantly after about 10,000 write and read cycles. Don't try this at home. Researchers in Thailand have found that a brief jolt of 800 degrees Celsius heat can stop flash memory from wearing out, <laughs> making them last 100 million cycles. Wow. I'm no expert, but that sounds like a lot of cycles. There's a lot more than they normally get. Electronics company Macronics have uh, found a way to redesign chips to put a heater alongside the memory material that holds the data so that damaged sections of the memory chip can be healed on the fly. Macronics said it planned to capitalize on its research but gave no date for when the improved flash memory might start appearing in gadgets. Have you ever been working on your system and thought, Oh, it feels hot, especially laptops or things yes, like that. Yes, indeed. Could you imagine if you've got a flash drive that's sitting there and it jolts up? Remember the old fuser assemblies and all that kind of stuff? You know, don't put your hand in there while it's operating. Yeah. A memory, a memory card. I that did goes. that with a cast iron frying pan the other day. This thing's powered by USB too, right? So. Oh. Oh. That is a lot of heat from a USB. That's uh, a lot of power uh, a lot of amperage coming off of five volts. Huh. Yikes. <laughs> Intriguing. You ha- U.S. researchers have used a 3D printer to make small objects out of melted simulated lunar rocks. Hmm. They say the technique could help future missions to minimize the weight and the expense of carrying materials into space as a digital file would be enough. The lead author of the study said, It sounds like science fiction, but now it's really possible. His team created simple 3D shapes by sending a digital file or scan to a printer, which then built the items layer by layer out of melted lunar regolith, fed via a carefully controlled nozzle to form a shape. The process is known as additive manufacturing. Eric, it's lunacy. Is that a lunar... Reference you're saying? <laughs> Putting the technology into practice may be some way off. A project to put astronauts back on the moon by 2020 was canceled by President Obama on cost grounds, though NASA still has longer-term plans for lunar return. Hmm. In the not-too-distant future, your smartphone will be able to read your emotions, not emoticons, but your emotions, and act accordingly, new research suggests. <laughs> Researchers from the University of Rochester have unveiled a new program that can use human voice cues to identify how a person is feeling. And they say it's more accurate than anything else like it out there. So like, (laughs) calling mom. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. Don't bug me. Oh, that sort of thing. (laughs) The, The program scans human speech for emotional cues while ignoring the actual words. It's kind of like recapture. <laughs> when it sounds like you are trying to call mum. Uh, oh, sorry. I've got a story about that, but that'll okay. be after the show. All right. Um, Wendy <laughs> Heinzelman, professor of we'll electrical and computer engineering, said, we actually used recordings of actors reading out the date of the month. It really doesn't matter what they say. It's how they're saying it. And we're interested in that. By analyzing 12 features of speech, including pitch and volume, it can identify six emotions from a sound recording with 81% accuracy. Wow. That's I am so rather filled surprising. with glee. Positively giddy. It doesn't sound like you're filled with glee. You can get the full stories at Category you are being sarcastic. Dot. That's what my phone says. Sheldon wouldn't have picked up on that. <laughs> Category5.tv slash newsroom is where you can get the full stories. Category5.tv newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at Category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I am Eric Kidd. Mr. Kidd. By the way, Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. 
and the International Association of Internet Broadcasting. Fantastic. So there. Yeah, follow the links on our website, category5.tv. I kind of feel like you're, you're taking over the desk here. But I am. This it's, is like Thanksgiving dinner with this guy. I mean, you know what? I'm having my vodka. <laughs> you wish. Hey, tonight's show is brought to you in part by Quartery Electric, quarteryelectric.com. Oh. <laughs> that is quarteryelectric.com. And uh, they are the official electrical contractors of Category 5 TV. We love them. We would love for you to show your support by giving them a call. Also, Netflix. Get your free one-month trial of Netflix, cat5.tv slash Netflix. And, of course, they will uh, show their support for Category 5 TV if you sign up. And it's free for you. So there's no- nothing stopping you. Are saying it's going to be a free-for-all? Free for you oh, at yeah, home. I thought we were at a, a hockey whole game. month of Netflix, absolutely free. Invincible Mutant has an echo. Oh, cool. He shouldn't be watching this in the men's room at the school. <laughs> okay. Just, I'm just double-checking. I didn't leave anything going, right? Nobody else has I don't that think problem? you left a darn thing going. Okay. Fantastic. Well, hey, I've got... Uh, we've got our virtual machine is finished copying. So check that out. There it is. Notice that I've set that in 272, which is where the actual running virtual machine hard drive is, in backup. There is the new one. Okay, so now let's actually close everything down. But, you know, A. Jamison here, 5579, has kind of inspired me talking about those echoes. He wants us to yodel. You know what? That's kind of... Do you have limiters on these things? <laughs> I do. Yodel, lady! Sorry, we'll stop right there. <coughs> and they work. That was for you, A. Thankfully. Jameson. Unfortunately, the, the mute button is a little bit out of range. <laughs> but, uh, you know, maybe if I get that stick back from Christy, I could maybe get over there. Yeah. All right. Okay, so I've, I've shut down that virtual machine. <laughs> the emotion sensing thing. That could, mm-hmm. uh, could that be a... No, no, Jot. We're not going to support a <laughs> nagging wife app. That would be just politically incorrect to even say that on air. So I'm not going to do it. Oh, boy. You are making my editing job post really difficult. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. All right. We'll just pretend that that whole segment just did it. So the backup is finished copying. <laughs> backup smack up. All right. So look. A new app we're going to work on here. Now that that is copied, we are done with our HCP, our our hot copy, okay? So, of course, what do I want to do is I want to unmount that. Now if I type mount, it's probably there. Yeah, there it is. See that? Dev slash HCP1. I can't see a darn thing through your microphone. There you go. Okay, so sudo HCP is the command, dash R for remove, dev slash HCP1. Now, keep in mind, you can automate this whole process. It can be part of your script, right? And a lot of backup scripts will actually say, well, what do you want to do before I run the backup? And what do you want to do after the backup? So you can actually add HCP as part of that hot copy. Um, So I've unmounted that. So now you know that what we see is the actual, everything is the, the actual file. So back to this folder. There is the actual active virtual machine hard drive. There is my backup. So I'm going to go into my virtual machine settings, and we're going to remove the original hard drive. So we're going to go File, Virtual Machine Manager. So let's pretend our system has has crashed, and now we need to recreate. I'm going to release that from the virtual machine, then I'm going to remove it. Okay. So now I've left the file there, but we're not going to use it. We're going to use the one that's in backup. So right-click settings we're going to go storage we're going to add a new hard drive choose existing disk because this is from our backup so there's the original we're going to go into the backup folder we created this is the new one from our hot copy and then i'm going to go okay we're going to boot that up and see what happens so imagine of course we've had some kind of catastrophic failure our backup from our hot copy is here and we're booting it up for the first time this could be on a, an external hard drive or something like that. And there it is. Desktop wallpaper, as you can see, is the same as it was when the running system was live. This is a test file, is There's there? The, this is a test file. Let's see if the data is intact. You meant there data you are intact. Hmm. There you have it. So we've effectively created an on-the-fly backup of our virtual machine, just like that. 
So any questions in the chat room, I'd love to, to field them for you. And uh, of course, that as the example, make sure you keep in mind that that can be for any backup set so that you have an on-the-fly snapshot that you can work with. How does it work? The question comes in that uh, basically, if you could imagine that here's your hard drive with all the data on it and it's running, it's in a running state. And like I said, you could ch root to this snapshot. Yeah. So it doesn't use up any hard drive space. It doesn't use up any RAM. It doesn't use up any system resources. So how in the world does this thing how is exist? How, how is it that it creates this hot copy, a copy of my entire file system in a split second when I run that command? That's what's so amazing about it. So they take a different approach than your typical, you know, this is, this is what I say, it's not a backup. It's not persistent. If you reboot your computer, your hot copy is gone. You don't want to write things into it that are that are the only copy, right? It's okay. basically an on-the-fly thing that you create and then back up from. So how it works, essentially, to, to put it into real lay terms, is that it, it takes your hard drive and doesn't do anything to it. It takes your memory and doesn't do anything to it, but it says, okay, now that I'm running, if any changes happen to the hard drive, those sectors that I'm writing to now, I'm going to back up first. So here's my whole hard drive. This is how it's able to load instantly. It, it, it's, it is what it is, sector by sector. It doesn't make any copies. But if I create a Word document and then save it, it's writing to sectors on the hard drive. So it says, okay, those sectors that are, that are being written, I'm going to back those up to the hot copy first. And then I'm going to write them to the hard drive. So it all happens transparently. It all happens very, very quickly. There are read-write operations that are happening while your hot copy is active. So on a slow system, you might see a performance hit. Uh, but of course, most servers are built to have uh, some good overhead. So you're not going to have any trouble with that. But it's not using memory. It's not loading your changes into memory. It's actually taking them and backing up the sectors that they're going to write to, then writing to them. So that's the only time that it's using up any extra space. Very, very cool, the way that very that cool. works. So, welcome your questions in the chat room. Um, <laughs> thanks, Invincible Mutant. Nice to see everybody. <laughs> You're not going to read that? Uh, you know, This is the first time Robbie has more facial hair than Eric. First time ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. Yeah. There goes the Windows XP. All right, so we are in your question mode. Love to, uh, to get your questions. Eric, do you have? You must have. I have some questions here. There we go. Hey, here. thanks for sending in your questions. Here Thank is you, a folks. comment from Mihail. Hey, Mihail. Hello, Robbie. I hey. use Debian six point zero point five. After installing Skype, I cannot fix sound. When I call on Skype, only see me looking, but did not hear ringing. I can okay. also try a test call using Alsamixer. Alsamixer. Okay. That's it. Tried, but. It did not. Where hmm. am I wrong? Well, what is he doing wrong? Okay, I'm going to bring up Skype here. Hmm. Okay, so first thing I would check is your sound preferences. Did you want to look at these uh, pretty pictures here? Oh, he's got some screens. Yeah. Some screenies. Yeah. I can't bring those up on the screen, but I'm going to oh, okay. real quickly glance at it. Okay, so he's using Alsa Mixer to make some changes to the card. Scroll down. Sound devices, audio device. Yeah, it's 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 a little complicated to, but I'll I'll do my best to to show you what I would check. Usually, what happens with something like this is that you've got something selected incorrectly in your sound preferences. Now, I see you're using Alsa Mixer, so that can cause issues if if you've got a conflict between two different applications that are taking over your your sound card. Um, so I tend to stick with just the built-in you know, sound preferences here. And what you can do is, now you see that I've got a high-definition audio controller, and that one is highlighted. So right now, if I made a Skype call, I wouldn't be able to do it because this thing is disabled, and that's the default. I want to actually highlight that and, and then test. So if I do a test call on Skype, Hello, welcome to Skype call testing service. After the beep, please record a message. Afterwards, your message will be played back to you. Test, test, test. Test, test, test. Test. And more test. 
Oh, you know what? I just realized I don't have a microphone plugged in, so it's not going to really work anyways. But if you did, <laughs> that's the thing that you want to look for. Um, and just, yeah, thanks for the pat on the shoulder there, bud. <laughs> but just make sure that your, your actual device, I, I think it's not, when you show me the Alsa mixer, every, all the levels are up, right? But I think the device may be incorrectly selected on your, on, in your sound preferences. But give it a try, and, uh, and please do let us know. Um, and it is kind of a, a, it's specific to each system. We could always try like a team viewer session. One of the things that I really want to get doing this season is, is doing team viewer sessions to viewer computers oh, that'd be so fun. that we can try to fix it. I'm not sure yet how much extra time that will add to a question, but at least it would give me the chance to hands-on take a look at your settings. Um, so maybe that would be something that we could try, maybe off the air, Mihail. Um, so are you ever around during, uh, maybe just before a live show, that we could try that? Uh, pop me an email live at category5.tv, and we'll consider how we can do that. So I can take a look at your system and see if we can, if we can actually help, rather than just trying to point you in the right direction. Cool. All right. And we have something here from uh, Mography, or, yeah, we'll go with that, from All right. Leipzig, Germany. Hi, Robbie and Eric, or other co-host. I watch your show since a long time. Not live since I'm in Europe. Great show. Thank you. I always look forward to the Wednesday's YouTube upload or Thursday's <coughs> coughs slightly. <laughs> I found your show while I was looking for the right Linux distro for me. My question is, first, I need to give a little bit more detail. I'm doing sometimes moving GIF files from movies from my Tumblr. Roughly cut the scene mm -hmm. out with a video editor using avid emux to crop and gimp to extract the pictures since i don't like the way gimp is piecing together a moving gif i use wine and unfreeze a tiny standalone free windows program unfreeze gives me more control how fast those mm. images in the gif are moving uh there's just a tiny problem unfreeze needs dot gif pictures and gimp extracts the jpeg format this is where i discovered Mography, uh, which can convert whole folders at once. It also is it possible to resize the finished moving GIF. The problem that I have is that Tumblr only allows moving GIFs that are one meg large. Mm. For the resizing, <laughs> as far as I understand it, Mography <laughs> expects a certain height and width. Is there a way to tell Mography to produce a one meg large file without resizing it a hundred times or using www.onlineimageeditor.com and resizing it there. Thanks. Mography. Like so many steps. Interesting that, that you love I think it's Mography so okay. much. I didn't catch it at first, but Mography so much that uh, he's named himself. Yes. Mography. Yes. It is a, a great tool. Heather, it's interesting. We were talking about, uh, about how people are doing that very, very thing, creating these videos for Tumblr and putting them up and, and it's an interesting kind of regression as far as, you know, but an yeah. interesting way to present it. But we're using now animated GIFs, uh, which that was the hot thing when, when I was a right. kid, you know, <laughs> interlaced video animations and things. Fantastic. Right up there with high ASCII. So w one of the things I, I see that you're kind of holding on to your Windows roots here. And I want to try to pull you away from that. You'd do well to hang on to some of your roots. Oh, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, most of sure. them are gone, unfortunately. <laughs> Just check out the glare. This will be a Ferengi. Uh, but uh, I want to get you away from those roots. I want to try to free you from that, that kind of bonding factor that makes you feel like you need to use a Windows application in Linux because you don't have the, the knowledge, I suppose, in order to do what you want to do with the Linux tools. You mentioned GIMP, so I know that you're familiar with that application, um, but it sounds like you, you haven't been able to get it to work with what you're doing. So I want to actually, let's actually take this as an opportunity to show you how to do that. Um, so we know that he wants to create animated GIFs from a video file GIF, on GIF, Linux. tomato, tomato. You know. Pipeline, you know. Pipolini. <laughs> Shush. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. If we can make Heather laugh, then we are, we're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's take this opportunity to do that. I'm going to use a couple of tools in Linux that you probably already have. GIMP. Okay, you mentioned that. Let's do it. You can change the speed of the slides. 
don't think that you have to use that Windows application because you can do it in Linux. Uh, and uh, also, let's use F- FFmpeg uh, to create the actual screen captures. We'll use Ping because it's going to be higher quality than your JPEGs that you're currently getting from Avidimux. So let's, uh, let's do it. I'm going to go into my terminal. And I'll just show you here. I've got a copy of last week's show. We'll, we'll go with that. Okay, so there it is, 271. It's uh, an MP4 file. doesn't really matter what it is. CD, desktop, wherever it is, slash 271. Okay, so there's the file that I just showed you. So we want to create all of these little individual screenshots that we're going to create into uh, uh, an animated GIF or GIF or whatever. Yeah, what he said. Yeah, so let's do it. If you don't have FFmpeg, you'll find it in the repositories. You can install it with... Um, Synaptic Package Manager or apt-get. So we're going to go ffmpeg-i for your input file. And we're going to type in 271 and then I'm going to hit tab and it's going to automatically uh, escape out the, the spaces and things like that. Or alternatively you can go quote 271 tab and it automatically ends the quote too. Okay, so then we're going to say let's start at seconds. So start seconds 90. So it's so we're going to skip over the introduction of the show. We're going to start at the 90 second point here. Uh, we want to run it for five seconds. So time five seconds is dash t space five, and then we need to tell it what we want to save to. So I'm going to go out just to call it output, you know, out. And then we're going to go percent %4d.png. And what that's going to do is it's going to actually increment the file name to, you know, with four four digits. So it's going to start at 0000, 000 and work its way up 0001, 0002. Uh, 10,000, Yeah, so nine, was, that's going to nine, cover us. Nine, yeah. And the reason we want to do that is because then we can import those into the GIMP, and it's going to increment just fine. That's the only command that you're going to need to get these files. So there it is, ffmpeg-i, and then the input file, dash ss is for where you want to start as far as seconds go. So we're starting at 90 seconds into the video, and we're going to record for five seconds, dash t. Can you do uh, something, a a smaller block, like 90.3 or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. No? Okay. We'll we'll stick with 90. Uh, You you might, but I'm going to hit enter and let it go. There we go. Just because we're... Uh, we're coming up on the end of the hour. So this is actually skipping over the first 90 seconds before it starts recording to JPEG. Oh, okay. And it's, reco- it's saving the JPEGs to the current folder. Or the pings, I should say. Pardon me. So you see that that used to just have the 271 with post. Now it has out 001, 0001, out 0002, and so on. And if I kind of move fast, you can see that it's actually a 30 frame per second thing. If I hold it in, it's actually animating the JPEGs, or the pings, pardon me. And then I stop. That's actually a ping file. That's a nice spot to stop. Crystal, Isn't that great? Crystal will like that. We should actually do a capture on that. And well, we've got the capture. Somewhere. So, folks, stick like around that. because we're going we're gonna to make this available to you. Okay, so we that's done. Christmas card. Yeah. Okay, so let's bring up the GIMP. Graphics, GIMP image editor. GIMP is a free image editing suite. It stands for the GNU, GNU Image Manipulation Program. Program. There you have it. See, I've been paying attention to We you. are Borg. Resistance is futile. Just saying. All right, so I'm going to grab that. You know what? I'm not going to grab anything from here. Instead, what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you quickly. Well, here's the thing. You've got all these files. We've got 150 Indecision files. Indecision may or may not be the problem here. I can't decide. Mm. We've got 150 files, though. And, and so if I were to take 30 frames a second, which now equates to 150 files, that file is going to be too big for Tumblr because they're frame, 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 30 of them in one second, 150 and frames reach, altogether. Uh, a meg each. Yes. So that's not going to work for you. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to cut it down. And so the way I'm going to do that, here's, you know, let's, it's a bit of a workaround, but let's do it. I've got these in tile mode. So I can see... Two in a row, three in a row, four in a row, for example. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to grab the first one here, and I'm going to scroll all the way down, and I'm going to grab... I can't do that. No, I've got to grab it like this. I've got to grab it with this marquee tool, and I'm going to go all the way up to the top. So now you see what I've done is I've left the left column, but I'm actually going to delete all the ones from the right column, and that has taken my 150 files down to 
only 37 files. But because it's going to be an animated GIF, you're never going to know the difference. You don't need 30 frames per second. It's not going to matter to you. So let's do it. Let's take these into the GIMP. The way we're going to do that is on our blank canvas, we're going to go File, Open as Layers. And then we're going to go to Desktop, 271. There's all my ping files. Start at the first one. It's already highlighted, OK? Scroll down to the very bottom, hold in your left shift key, and click on the last file. And you'll see that they're going to actually load in sequentially. See that? Not. Yeah, they are. Oh, right, because we're skipping numbers. Yes, that's right. We've deleted some so that we're not running a full 30 frames per second. So now each frame is, see, it's, it's still nicely animated. So if I save that as a GIF, it's going to be animated. But let's do your cropping. You say it's got to be proportional. So I'm going to use my square marquee up here. I'm going to single click somewhere and hold. See, I'm dragging like that. Hold my left shift key, and now I can create a proportional block. And I'm going to now drag that block, it's a perfect square, over Krista. I'm going to right click and go image, crop, and you'll notice what I've done is I've actually cropped every single frame of my animated Jeff. So I don't have to go through each individual file. So now it's still quite large, 336 by 336. Let's say, um, I'm not sure what the dimensions are, you didn't specify, but let's say it's only 150. So we're going to resize. Notice where I'm going to do that. I'm right-clicking on Krista, or the image. Pardon me. Image, scale image. And we're going to type in 150, and it's proportional. See, it's a perfect square. And I'm going to change inter interpolation to sync, which is going to give me a slightly better quality. So now, that's the actual size of my animated uh, image. I'm going to go File. Save as, and let's just throw this uh, in a folder called test. And we're going to go animated.gif, and GIMP automatically detects, hey, you're trying to save as a GIF. So it's going to prompt me accordingly. What do you want to do? Flatten the image, or do we want to save as an animation? And then do we want to convert it to indexed? Absolutely, that's going to save you a lot of space. And then export. Here are the things you need to do. First of all, we're going to turn off GIF comment. Even though it's nice to give credit where credit is due, it's going to take up space. We're going to loop forever, and we're going to set our delay. 100 milliseconds is OK in this instance. If you had more or less, you can adjust that. That's where you adjust your speed. But here's the thing. You need to also say, use delay entered above for all frames. So if you want it to be faster, you would set this lower. If you want it to be slower, you would set it higher. Okay because each frame is going to show for 100 milliseconds, or each frame is going to show for 500 milliseconds, or only 10 milliseconds. Right? Frame disposal where unspecified, because we care about space, we're going to go, go cumulative layers. And what that means is, hey, you know what? The brick wall behind us stays pretty much the same, so we don't need to save that every single frame. We're only going to save, there's Robbie's hand moving. right? So that's yeah. the only thing it's going to save. It's going to save a ton of space in this file. So now we're going to go save, and there it goes. So on our desktop, in 271, there's a folder called test, and there's a file called animated.gif, and if I right-click on that and open with Firefox web browser, there it is. And it's going to loop forever because we told it to, and the timing is about right because we cut off, you know, we cut... <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty I good. think you ought to have that on the website. That one on might the make page. the real. It, I think so. That should be the, the thumbnail like for the episode. Do we get sound? <laughs> <laughs> so you see, you can do it. And we did it there in, what, five minutes, eight minutes? Yeah. Just like that, with all the explanations and showing you how to do it. So, hey. We did it. Don't Heather feel, and I helped a bunch. Totally. <laughs> don't feel like you've got to compromise the fact that you're using Linux by installing something that's a Windows program just because you're not too sure. That's what this show is here for. We love to answer your questions. We love to help you learn how to do some of the things that maybe you're just not sure how to do it, but the, you know that the tools exist. So good opportunity for you. So thank you very much for the question. Get your questions in this week as well. Uh, Hillary is going to be joining me on the show next week. And uh, yeah, it'll be good to have her here. I hope that you'll be joining us in the chat room and uh, joining us live. Eric, right. I guess we're not doing we any more questions, are we? It's all the time we have, but hey, we love your questions. We're gonna, if we didn't get to you tonight, we'll we'll make sure that uh, that we put you in the first of the queue uh, next week. So, thanks everybody. All right, Eric, man, 
have a Good having great you. week. You going to hold on to this for a while? Well, no, I may go away or I may just grow the whole beard back. Oh, remember, yeah. mogrow.co slash Eric Kid. There you go. I'll put a link in the show notes for episode number 272. <laughs> and anything that we mentioned on tonight's show will be listed in the show notes there as well. Uh, episode number 272. So if we mentioned a link and you didn't catch it, the links will be there. A couple of questions we didn't get to. We'll get to those next week, I hope. Absolutely. All right. All right, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. Care. See you, buddy. Hey, bye. Hey. I'm out of here. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.